we talked about an elephant and how an elephant at 200 pounds is staked, tethered to a stake that he can't break free from, and even when he grows to be 10,000 pounds, he stays tethered to that stake because he's been conditioned. And how that's like some of the things we're bonded to, some of the things, the unholy and unhealthy bonds that we forge in our own lives. That elephant is still in the room today. That elephant is still in the room this morning. The bonds that keep us from greater freedom. And how the rules, as if the Ten Commandments were just a list of rules, rules are not enough to help break us free from those things to which we're bonded. If they were, imagine how powerful Congress would actually be, right? I mean, they could, they could just legislate and everything would be peaceful. We'd have meaning and purpose and security just because they wrote the rule, right? Rules are not powerful enough to break us free from the, the bonds that we forge. But every commandment is an opportunity Beyond what's chiseled in stone, beyond what's in dried ink, every commandment is an opportunity for an encounter with the living God. This morning we're going to consider how idols stand between us and that encounter with God. Idols what they are, why it's important that we confront them, and how we can respond. So let's take a look at how idols stand between us and through the second commandment, an encounter with the living God. From Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 12. Hear God's word this morning. After these things, God tested Abraham. All right, now remember that part because you know the, this story. Many of you know this story, and it gets, it gets ugly, all right? So remember, God tested Abraham. Abraham said to him, he said to Abraham, Abraham and, and he said, here am I. And he said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall tell you of. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son, Isaac. And he cut the wood for a burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. And on the third day... You've got to read closely sometimes, don't you? Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I with the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his hand, in his hand, the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father, My father... And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will himself 
provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. And when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, what is it that we hold on to in a way that stands between us and an encounter with you that would break us free from patterns of sin, from a life ordered around ourselves. Father, this morning, help us to reorder our loves. In Jesus' name, amen. Idols, idolatry, what it is, why it matters, and what we can do do about it, okay? What it is, why it matters, and what we can do about it. I've already hinted at what it is. Idols, idolatry is disordered love. It's it's putting the gift above the giver. It's regarding the gift above the giver, and it's looking to the gift for security, meaning, and peace. Security, meaning, and peace. It's looking to the gift for something that only can come from the giver. Disordered love. Are you with me? So idolatry is not just you know, making a carbon image. You know, see, before there was a carbon image, when the Ten Commandments were given the first time and they carved a golden calf and worshipped it, it was an image in the mind. It was an imagination. It, it was how can we make God more imminent because he's so mysterious and so transcendent to us, how can we make God more imminent, more present with us? Because that's what we want. We want security here. We want it now. We want it on our own terms. It's making something out of a gift. It's looking to the gift for only something that the giver can provide. That's what idolatry is. And we need to unwind that. It's, it's a little bit like you know playing country music backwards. Yeah, right. You get your wife back, you get your dog back, and, and your truck starts, right? We need to unwind. Unwind the soundtrack of our lives that plays around us. Now, maybe y'all, y'all haven't heard that joke, or maybe you don't get that joke because it, 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 it goes back to vinyl, right? What's that? Well, ask your mom later. But see, last week we talked about music, how beautiful it is, and regarding it for the beauty itself, right? Not as an end to something else. Beauty, right? A gift from God. Music. Makes me think of one of my favorite quotes from The Weight of Glory. These things, the beauty, the memory of our past, they're wonderful things that represent what we deepest desire. But if they 
become mistaken for the thing itself, right? The thing itself for God. They become dumb idols and break the hearts of their worshipers. For they are not the thing itself. They're only the scent of a flower we have not found. Echo of a tune we have not heard. News from a country we have not yet visited. We must take care that we not look to the gifts to provide for us what God alone mysteriously can provide. God tests Abraham to that end. You see, Abraham means father of nations, and he was, his name changed from Abram, you know, superior or, or, or uh, re- highly regarded father, to the father of nations before he had children, and he was way up there in years, almost 100 years old. <laughs> his son, which means Isaac, Isaac, which means laughter, it's an onomatopoeia, like Isaac, like Itzak, you know, in, in Hebrew it's, pronounced Itzhak. And so it's supposed to sound like laughter. Before Isaac was born, can you imagine feeling like the joke was on you? (laughs) The father of nations? Abraham, the father of nations, childless. And then here comes this great gift of laughter into their life. Isaac. Isaac. And the idea is, of course, that the, the, the whole idea that, that you have an heir, that your family line will carry on. And, but lest that Abraham begin to look for his security, his meaning, and his peace. And lay all of that on on his son's shoulders. God tests Abraham to see where is his heart. Is it with himself? You know, saying, oh, is it with his son? He's going to protect his son. No, is it with himself? Is, Is he investing even in a person in a way that is not good? For the person. See, that's, that, that's, that's the second point. Why does idolatry and confronting it matter so much? Because disordered love, and that's what idolatry is, disordered love. That's really, you know, St. Augustine's, uh, his, his definition of sin is disordered love. That's what idolatry is. And disordered love can, can cause us to think we're loving somebody else, but actually cause them great harm. You see, a, a lot of times what we try to do is, is we take something that's really, really good, something that's, that's, that, that we believe in, something even a great cause can become an idol. Did you know that? Even a cause can become an idol. On the left side of the, on the, left side of the political spectrum and the right side of the political spectrum, We as Christians are prone to making the cause the thing itself, and it will break your heart. On the left and on the right, on the right-hand side, 
there are those who would make our nation into the kingdom of God. It isn't. Long after America, the United States, is a distant memory, there will be a kingdom, not of this world. That doesn't mean we shouldn't strive for the kingdom to come. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive for what we believe in and stand up for what we believe in and, and strive for the best and, and, and be concerned about, about the legacy one is leaving for, for one's children, but not to the level where our security and meaning and peace is vested in the nation. And on the left-hand side, I saw this a number of, of years, for, for many, many years in the mainline churches in America in an effort to stay relevant as an institution, the church. In an effort to stay relevant, there was this social activism that made human cause the thing itself. Losing the message, losing truth, losing the gospel of truth. Over here, in the nation that's equated with the kingdom of God, we, we, become a, we have a graceless gospel. Over here, where we make the church just this human, social, active organization, we have a truthless gospel. Next week, during the mission conference, look at these partners. These are amazing mission and ministry partners. They're providing a cup of cold water around the world, sometimes literally, solving issues of poverty at many, many, many different human layers, but as a platform for the gospel. You see, the church running to this trend and to that trend tries to keep itself relevant in our culture. And sometimes a local church can become a really third-rate social action nonprofit instead of a place of meaning and security and purpose vested in ultimate things, in eternal things. You see, that's what it matters. You say, well, Tim, how does disordered love, how does that hurt other people? How does that hurt each other? I mean, why would God put Abraham so much to the test as though he would be hurting Isaac apart from himself, apart from God? I mean, how much more can you hurt a person than to kill them, right? Well, let's take a look at that. You see, disordered love hurts people and you don't even know it. God never intended Abraham to kill Isaac. God was testing him, testing him so he would see where his loyalty really lied and how important it is to love God first in all things. Otherwise, we can hurt each other with what we call love, which isn't really loving. Let me give you an example. My mom was a nurse. You know, my mom became a, became a Presbyterian minister. We were both in seminary at the same time. But before that, she was a nurse in a, a cancer clinic at Duke. 
And she, she spent a lot of time with parents holding down their children for procedures that were painful but good for them. To be able to do a spinal tap, for example, is very painful for a child. To hold down that child is, is a very difficult place to be emotionally, right? Now, one woman, uh, a mother of her child, watching this and watching my mom said after the procedure was done, she said, I don't know how you do what you do. I don't know how you do what you do. And my mom said something like, well, you know, it is difficult. And she, then the woman said, you know, I just could never do what you do because I love children too much. Oh, <laughs> Really? Well, your form of love will kill a child. You see? You can believe that your feelings, your compassion is helping someone, but it's really about you. You see, you've ordered your love around yourself and the way you feel about something, and you've not ordered it around a definition of love that looks out for the benefit of the other person. And you see, what the reason why God is so brutally testing Abraham is that if he's going to be the father of nations, if he's going to redirect an entire people, then certainly God must be first in and through all things so that the direction of this nation will be a loving direction. Disordered love hurts each other. So what do we do about it? You, you, you see, you understand what, what uh, idolatry is. It's putting the gift, putting on the gift, something only the giver can bring, meaning and security and peace. You understand why it matters. It matters because when we don't love God first in and through all things, you know, Jesus even said it this way, unless you, comparative to what you regard, the way you regard God, unless you hate all the people you love in comparison to your love for God, you cannot be called my disciples. Does that mean we're supposed to push down our love for other people? No, it means that in comparison to the, the level at which we love one another, our regard for God is so much greater and must be. So what do we do about it? How do we begin to regard God as God and not just who he is to us? Well, that's, that's the answer to the question, isn't it? What can we do about it? What can we do about idols getting between us and God? Well, begin to regard him as God and not just as who God is to us. Is it, some, some people will tell me, Tim, it, I, I, I received Jesus as my Savior a long time ago, but, but it was years and years before I began to follow him as Lord. Well, what kind of a Savior did you have if you didn't have a Savior who was Lord? It's the Lord. It's Jesus. That makes all the difference. 
A guy named Houston Smith wrote, wrote a book on religions, and he said, you know, there are only two people in all of human history, two people, Buddha and Jesus, about whom it has been asked, not only who are you, but what are you? What are you? Like Peter on the boat when he realizes who Jesus is. He says, oh, please give me some space. I am a sinful man. Not only who are you, but what are you? If we're going to begin to regard God as God, we have to see that he has made himself known. He has revealed himself through the prophets, but in the last days, in the church age, in the kingdom age, the coming kingdom, he has spoken through his son. What he has said has been said through Jesus. He's spoken. He's revealed himself. And so if we're going to regard God as God, we need to perhaps take a step back and begin to fear him. Yes, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Fear him. Fear as in respect. Fear as in understand who God really is. You think of Abraham and you think of God just as a provider for him. And then you realize that Abraham is being tested. What is he being tested in? He's being tested in understanding who God is, not just who God is to Abraham. Don't forget, Abraham, who I am, not just who I am to you. Let me begin to sow this seed into your life a little bit by reading to you what is my favorite poem, called The Tiger by William Blake. And what it begins to do is shape for you, if this is what a tiger is, if there is some mystery to a tiger, what is the mystery to the tiger maker? Tiger, tiger, burning bright through the forest of the night. What immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? In what distant deeps or skies Burnt the fire of thine eyes. On what wings dare he aspire? What the hand dare seize the fire? And what shoulder and what art? In what furnace uh, could twist the sinews of thy heart? And when the heart began to beat, what dread hand and what dread feet? What the hammer? What the chain? In what furnace was thy brain? What the anvil? What dead grasp? Dare its deadly terrors clasp? And when the stars threw down their spears and watered heaven with their tears, did they smile their work to see? Did he who made the lamb make thee? Tiger, tiger, burning bright through the forest of the night. What immortal hand or eye dare frame thy fearful symmetry? As you consider what it means to follow Jesus, as you consider what it means to look at a list of ten rules on a page, be careful 
about playing fast and loose with your concept of God. Consider this morning, if you feel a sense of distance from him and you feel a sense of powerlessness over the bonds that you have forged, consider, are you following a God that you have ordered around yourself? Or have you drawn near to the throne of grace and truth?